there's some drama in Hawksland. Miscommunication. I mean, it's just as simple as that. It was just miscommunication in that situation with Trey. I'm your host, Lauren Williams of The Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which gives you the story beyond or behind the score. I'm joined today by my trusty handy-dandy producer, Daniel Salerson. And, you know, obviously on game days like Monday, the Hawks are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, we would typically have our after-the-game report before you guys listen to all the juicy details and analysis of what we've seen. But today, this past weekend was a big weekend. We have so much to talk about that today we won't have an after the game podcast. Um, we're just going to get into all of the drama that happened this past weekend uh, among, among the Hawks. And this is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So we touched on this a little bit uh, before the break. Thank you guys for sticking with us. But again, it's it's been a dramatic weekend for the Hawks. I mean, we we had a report that there was an incident at practice on shoot-around um, between a player and coach Nate McMillan. And... Then we had uh, Trey Young uh, turn up on the injury report on on Friday afternoon um, that labeled him as questionable with right shoulder soreness. And then we found out that, you know, Trey was going to be a game time decision. And then the team ruled him out. Come to find out Trey wasn't even in the building, but the Hawks ended up beating the Nuggets, which, you know, is the the second-ranked team in the Western Conference. And that was a pretty big deal because you had three starters missing, but they still pulled off the win against a, a really, really good team. And, you know, it's it's hard to not describe the atmosphere after Friday night's win as light and happy and giddy almost. So, you know, of course, that kind of, in my book, overshadowed the absence of, of Trey Young. But then everything hit the fan. Um, we talked to Coach McMillan on Sunday and learned that Trey's absence was due to a miscommunication. Then we had a report from The Athletic that detailed everything that occurred on Friday, which included, you know, Trey not wanting to participate in shoot around. 
And, you know, he was offered two choices of whether to participate in shoot around, come off the bench or not show up to the arena at all. And, and we've seen everything that happened. So, you know, Nate labeling it a miscommunication does kind of make sense. Of course, Nate didn't want to go into detail on Sunday when we talked about what happened. But here's Trey's perspective on on what occurred. And, you know, he 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 labeled it a private matter. But here's here's what he had to say. I mean, it was just a, a situation. I mean, we're all grown men here and there's sometimes we don't always agree. And um, I mean, it's unfortunate that private private situations and private conversations get out to the public. But I guess that's what uh, the world we live in now. But uh, I mean, I'm just I'll just focus on basketball and focus on helping my team win. And that's what I got to get to refocus it on. So while I understand where Trey Young is coming from in terms of wanting to label this a private matter. It's hard for things like this to be considered private, especially when you don't have your star guard on the bench, but you have three of the other guys that had been ruled out of Friday's game there. And so, you know, while I empathize with where he's coming from and not wanting to detail everything that that happened, I mean, he's still a leader of this team. He's the face of the franchise. So when he's not there on the bench, yes, it's gonna it's gonna be it's going to be obvious, but in my, in my opinion, I, I chalked that up to, he was continuing to get treatment on his shoulder at home. And again, I was observing the, the, the atmosphere of how everything was and everybody was coming off the high of the win. So I didn't necessarily want to I don't know, shift gears and address the absence of the star. And I, and I, I figured that I would have gotten a better answer once everything had cleared and, and, and practice, you, you tend to have guys a little bit more level-headed. So, I mean, Daniel, when you're looking at this from the outside in, you know, what, what, what do you see and, and how do you, I guess, interpret everything that went on? Yeah, that's a, a good question. And I think the biggest thing without trying to assume anything or put words in anyone's mouth or try to go inside Trey's head or Nate's head is his absence was kind of the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you mentioned, as someone that's supposed to be one of the leaders, again, if you're mm-hmm. getting treatment at home, if that was already a plan, then by all means, but I feel like most of the time you can get treatment at the arena, whether you stay mm-hmm. in the back and get that throughout the game and just be in the locker room with your teammates come halftime post game, that could be something. But for me, not being there, was kind of telling to me. I feel like that's maybe not the right move you make. I know you have a disagreement with coach, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's not really the the best time to to take a stand and say, all right, my option is to not show up. So again, right. I don't know each side of the story as well as those two, and we're probably not going to find out too much besides what we already know now. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, not being there is is kind of a, I wouldn't say alarming, but concerning as far as that's the option that Trey chose on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, Nate McMillan has this policy that if you don't participate in shoot-around, then you don't start. And I think one of the reasons why I 
I guess I don't take issue with a policy like that is at the beginning of the season, they talked a lot about building a specific type of culture. And so that's part of the thing that establishes a culture that if your head coach isn't willing to bend the rules for for the star, then everybody else kind of has to fall in line. And again, as the leader of of the franchise, face of the franchise, you know, you kind of hold Trey to a little bit of a higher standard. And and so I think, I guess when I look at something like this, this is a, a huge turning point for this team and how they continue to move move ahead of it or, or move move away from it. And I mean, DeJounte Murray, we talked to him at Monday shoot around and you know, he has all the confidence in the world that that Trey will will figure out how to be, you know, the leader that everybody expects him to be. And and here's what DeJounte had to say about that. Trey's great, man. He'll get it together, whatever he's going through. Yeah, Trey's not a problem. Uh, you know, like I said, people agree, disagree. I don't know what happened with Trey or Coach or anybody else. Like I said, you know, but Trey is together. He will get it together as far as being with his team. So... So, Daniel, I mean, when you have a guy who is new to the franchise and and comes in and and continues to have faith in his backcourt partner, you know, that tells me that that they they do strive to be on the same page. And, you know, DeJounte Murray also said that he believes that this team is on on the same page. Now, you obviously want to make sure that as you know, this team continues to set the culture in place that one <laughs> something like this doesn't happen again but but two um i guess the way that this information comes out it's a lot clearer um so when i guess i guess for me when i i was reporting you know and talking to people in the organization as as all of this was happening a lot of them were saying that it seemed like something that was blown out of proportion and that, you know, essentially this wasn't as big of a deal as it was being made to be. And and Trey kind of alluded to that as well in his media availability at Monday shoot around with us and said that, you know, if this hadn't have gotten out, it wouldn't have been an issue. But again, we go back to leader of the team, you're absent from from the bench during a, a really big game against a really good opponent. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to consider <laughs> this a, a private matter completely. Again, I empathize with Trey and I understand that this isn't a situation that, you know, wants to be a reflection of who he is. And and as DeJounte mentioned, you know, Trey's a good guy. This isn't a reflection of him and, and he'll he'll get it together. So I think for me, again, it's very important to see how this team moves on from it. And, and and Daniel, how do you see them potentially moving on from it? Well, you know, you know, according to that report from The Athletic, there were multiple team meetings already so far this season. I wonder if this has to be addressed as another team meeting just to bury everything, just to be like, hey, it's time to move on, whether that's DeJounte stepping up and saying, all right. Mm-hmm. Let's get on the same page right now. We're too talented to be going through this right now. Or mm-hmm. is it DeJounte and Trey sitting down? Is it DeJounte, Trey, and Nate sitting down? Like, 
or they've already done this and have already said mm-hmm. we're ready to move on. So that's the kind of thing that we won't know. Um, but I think it just, you kind of have to like get this game out of the way. I'm sure there might mm-hmm. be more questions afterwards, hopefully not in moving on, but hopefully everyone can kind of get over the situation and, you know, Trey, I think will you know, whether he changes a little bit as mm-hmm. far as his approach and his leadership or whether he stays the same and things don't get better. And hopefully that's not the case. So things don't bottle up, but I think it's gonna be real interesting this next week to see how this team moves on. But before I kind of throw it back to you, I did want to ask you a question because you talk about, mm-hmm. you know, you were there on Friday mm-hmm. and look, as the B reporter, there's a lot of things that you have to cover, but there's also, mm-hmm. you know, the emphasis of making sure you get things right and not necessarily try to just break news, break news, because obviously there are relationships there. As a beat reporter, walk me through what you saw on Friday and then just through the whole week and how this process works from your perspective as far as gathering information and then making sure you're getting that correct information out to your listeners and your readers. Absolutely. Uh, so on Friday, I when I was at Shootaround, we did see Trey there and the vibe was completely like normal, like usual. Nothing seemed to miss. Everybody was getting their shots up. Um, so for context, uh, Trey usually uh, gets his shots up before before everybody else. And and um, in in the NBA slash NBPA and basketball writers as of a so writers of America or, or whatever the the full acronym is um, agreement. Media members are only allowed to watch the final 15 minutes of shoot around practice. We're not allowed to watch walkthroughs. Um, and so we only get to see a very small snippet of, of what's going on. And so when this incident took place, it, it clearly took place before we were allowed to enter the basketball courts. And so when we saw Trey, and as I mentioned, the vibe completely seemed normal. Nothing seemed off. Guys were getting their shots up. Um, when we were waiting for the guys that we were going to talk to at Friday shoot around, which happened to be Trent Forrest and, and Jarrett Culver, um, we saw Trey come out of the team studio, which is off to the left from where we are able to stand and watch things happen. And he walked across, acknowledged us, and then went and did an interview with one of the the media people that requested him that day for a one-on-one. And so, um, you know, oftentimes if you do request players, you can, you can specify that, Hey, I'd like this to be a one-on-one situation, or I'd like this, you know, it's okay if this is for the group and the person who had requested Trey requested a one-on-one. So we didn't get a chance to talk to him that day. Um, so then we saw, you know, everything that unfolded from there. And of course, now that you look back on everything, yes, everything starts to add up, especially when you see that that Trey wasn't there. But again, I I chalked it up to him getting getting treatment and I weighed the option of, will I get a better answer from Coach McMillan if I ask it after the game or if I give this some breathing room and ask him at practice? And I... I went with the option that I might get a better answer at practice. And so I'm going to, I'm going to leave this (laughs) question for then. And, and so I I asked him at practice, he said it was a miscommunication. 
I tried to follow up and he didn't want to go into to details. And of course, when things get shut down, you want to make sure that you continue building that trusting relationship with the people that you're interviewing. And so I said, okay, I'm going to let this one go. It doesn't seem, in my opinion, beneficial for me to continue pressing this particular subject. And so, you know, again, then we saw the athletic report. I reached out to the people who whose contact information that I do have um, after that report came out to confirm, you know, was there an incident? I got that confirmation. And, you know, yes, we were able to have some conversation about the situation, which is how I learned that if this hadn't gotten out, it likely would have just been just like any other incident that came up. So obviously the, the athletic also reported that this was one of uh, a couple of other things that have happened over the course of the season that needed to be addressed in team meetings. But in the NBA, they have team meetings all the time. And as media members, we're not going to be privy to every time that they they do have a meeting. We're only privy to it when when it blows up enough that it does become public knowledge and and someone speaks. Um, you know, with a situation like what happened with Trey, we likely would not have known about it just based on Friday's shoot around unless, you know, somebody had come and talked to us. Um, and so a lot of the things that happen with the behind the scenes reporting, it comes down to the relationships that you build with people within the organization. And as somebody who's only been on this job for six months. I mean, I started what June 20th, like right before the draft. Um, I'm still, I'm still in that process of building relationships with, with people within the organization, whether that's people in the front office, the coaches, the players, and all of that takes time. I mean, if you think about it, um, when you make friends, you're not instantaneously friends. It, it takes time to build that trust and and that relationship. And I, I think I'm finally making headway. It just so happened that I'm still new to this job and uh, people are still sussing me out and, and seeing how much they can trust me and, and vice versa. And so, you know, if, if there's ever stuff to report, I'm going to report it, especially if I know that it's factually accurate. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to I'm not going to rush to judgment about something unless I start to to do that reporting. And, you know, I weighed the decision that based on what I saw at shoot around that something seemed off, but turns out it was true. And so this was a learning lesson for me. And, you know, that's part of this job is learning. And yeah, I'm going to stop rambling about that. But <laughs> um, yeah. I've, and I think multiple people that were at shoot around on Friday have also mentioned that things just did not seem off that warranted further questions when the information about the, the disagreement occurred. So, you know, sometimes with reporting, it just takes time and, uh, you know, finding the right people. And again, it, it all comes down to trust and for me, it's going to take a little bit more time for me to build up trust within the organization. I'm definitely not trying to cover anything up. 
Um, I just, I'm not going to report something that I'm not sure of and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's not an easy job. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's, and I think everyone just assumes, why don't you ask all these questions? Or, I mean, it, there's, there's relationships to someone that's been in the league for 10 years. Like, it's not just as simple mm-hmm. as, yeah, we'll tell you everything. It's fine. Or, you know, if we're going to tell you some, this needs to be off the record or, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many things to it. So I'm not going to get too deep into it, but uh, right. I think it was, I think it's good for the listeners to kind of know from your perspective, how something like this comes together, especially with your mm-hmm. reporting, how other, other things get reported. Exactly. And if you look at uh, a place like The Athletic uh, that did report on what occurred, those guys have relationships that they've nurtured for five, 10 plus years. And so I've only been covering the NBA for, for four years. And before that, I was covering the Pistons and I was doing that during the pandemic so this is this is all still new for me and I never want anybody to feel like I'm withholding information from them because I'm not um it's yeah I definitely wanted to make sure that I got everything right before I started putting things out there This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Again, I just want to take this time to thank all of you guys for subscribing to the AJC and theajc.com. It's what makes all of this possible. Now, if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. And your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you know what's always really going on. So yeah, so we've, we've talked a lot about you know, what occurred on on Friday. Um, now it's it's just about, again, we touched on it again, how this team continues to move forward. And in my opinion, it's definitely on Trey Young to kind of set the tone for how he wants to move forward. I mean, we we see what comes out on Twitter about, you know, Trey, Trey Young being a coach killer. I mean, he, of course, had that um, relationship with Lloyd Pierce that ended up resulting in Pierce being let go and Nate McMillan coming in as the interim head coach that took them all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting situation just because, again, I'm sure that, and and they've said it themselves too, 
82 games is a long season and they're spending a lot of time together. So disagreements are are going to come up every once in a while, every now and then. Um, both DeJounte and Trey said it. Um, and so when I asked Trey Young about, you know, how do you and Nate McMillan, I guess, address these miscommunications um, in the future, you know, he said, we'll figure it out. So I, I guess the way I read into that is that they're still on the same page. Um, and And this hasn't totally... Uh, rocked their relationship. Uh, again, they're both adults. Disagreements happen all the time between people. I mean, think about how many times you disagree with coworkers. Right. Um, and so, again, I think we'll see how this team pivots and adjusts from this. Um, but yeah, it's it wasn't fun this weekend. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I think what's interesting what you said is his disagreements with Lloyd Pierce and now Nate McMillan, mm-hmm. I think it has to get to a point where look, Nate just signed an extension. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to get rid of a head coach right now because mm-hmm. your star players having disagreements. I think both mm-hmm. have to meet in the middle to figure out what's the best mm-hmm. way to handle these types of situations. Like you mentioned, I think every player has probably had a disagreement with their coach mm-hmm. at some point, no matter mm-hmm. why you took me out at this point. Why aren't mm-hmm. you playing me enough? How come I'm not mm-hmm. getting the ball? policies, all that stuff. But there's a, a way to handle it, and most people figure that out. And if not, there are some players that demand the trade or some go to the front mm-hmm. office and say, hey, we need to figure this out. I'm just not getting along with yeah. Coach. I mean, there's other players that have been labeled as Coach Killers. I mean, we had the whole Darren Williams situation mm-hmm. in Utah. We're talking about Jerry Sloan, which that might have been a, a situation <laughs> there. I mean, these things happen. Yeah. So you don't want that to get to the point here. Trey's mm-hmm. so talented you don't want it to end in a breakup, which I don't think it will. Um, but you have to, again, I think find a common ground, make sure you all know that what's the common goal here, which is to Mm -hmm. compete for an NBA championship. And this team is way too talented to be hindered by Mm -hmm. internal issues surrounding the team. So I I think once they figure that out, then I feel like all of it can, all of this will be fine and, and hopefully they continue to play well. Winning cures a lot of things. And it I does. mean, they're, they're fourth in the East right now, despite the fact that up until Friday, they were missing one of their best shooters. And the fact that they've been struggling with outside shooting. So I think that, again, like you said, this team is way too talented to let something like this derail what could be a really, really special season. And um, yeah, it's... It's it's hard to see things like this blow up and, and happen, but tonight they face, and when I say tonight, Monday night they face the Thunder, a really, really talented squad that's still in rebuilding mode at that. Um, they're 12th in the Western Conference, but they have one of, I, in my opinion, one of the most talented guards in in the NBA in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, and he has been averaging... A lot of points, but I'm going to double check and look it up. <laughs> Gabby, you're around 30, uh, right? Over 30? 30.1 points per game, 4.7 yeah. rebounds, 6 assists, uh, shooting 50.9% from the floor, 34.4% overall, 92.4% free throw shooter. On 9 attempts per game, that's a lot of free throw attempts. So 
Uh, he is having a career year. Uh, the Hawks are going to have their hands full tonight. And fortunately, they had have Trey Young back. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how they applied what worked on Friday night with Trey Young back in the lineup. That means moving the ball, um, set, getting everybody involved. And I think this is going to be a really fun game. This should be a game that they win. Um, but as we've learned with this team, a lot can happen. Um, we saw what happened to them against the Rockets. We all thought that that was a game that they should take and should win, but things fell, ap fell apart in the fourth quarter. Um, we saw them struggle against a really good team in Boston. We saw them struggle against the, the Jazz. Um, We've seen them struggle against the Magic. Not, not the most recent matchup, but that second matchup of the season. We saw them have trouble against the Hornets that were that was missing, you know, several of their key starters. So I, I hope that they use this issue as something that's gonna, I guess, set them straight or force them to figure out what kind of team they wanna be. Do they wanna be a team that's in the news because of uh, behind the scenes issues or do they want to be a team that's in the news because they're doing some really amazing things on the court. And, and so again, the, we're still in wait and see mode of, of how they utilize this issue, this incident uh, and, and propel them in a positive direction as opposed to a negative one. Um, yeah, it's just, it was just one of the most bizarre things <laughs> from my perspective. Um, just because, again, everything seemed just so normal on Friday. And, and to be at this point where we're discussing disagreements that happened at shoot-around, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to see. But um, I think what's interesting is still that that Young really wanted it to be something that was private and and it wasn't because in my opinion it it made him look worse um not better um so yeah i don't I know mean, it kind of reminds me in not as in a aggressive way as what happened earlier this year but Draymond and Jordan Poole where if that video did not get leaked by a Warriors team employee how much mm -hmm. do we really know about that altercation between Poole mm -hmm. and, and Draymond? So maybe there might have been something that there was tension between the two. They resolved it, but no one really would have known whether Draymond Green punched him in the I, face. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things that they hope to settle internally and they can move mm -hmm. on. But now that it's out there, you know, hopefully this doesn't turn into a huge distraction and, and maybe mm -hmm. they just take their anger out on the court and mm -hmm. use it against the Thunder to, or th what they did against the Thunder last night. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Knicks is a nationally televised game on Wednesday. So you know that there's going to be at least a little bit more discussion on that in mm -hmm. New York until that's done. Then maybe by Wednesday, this all mm -hmm. can be, you know, we can stop talking about it and everyone can stop talking about it. For sure. Um, Again, I think one thing that's also interesting is that uh, the report said that, and, and the conversation that um, I had with um, someone in the organization is that Trey wanted to play. And so I guess the question is now, 
as far as, you know, Trey learning from this is there is a precedent or a boundary or a rule that's in place that if you don't participate in, in shoot around that this is, this is what's going to happen. And so I guess, you know, hopefully the learning, the, the lesson that he takes away from this is that, okay, I do want to focus on being healthy. So I'm not going to participate in shoot around. And he does maybe take the option of playing off of the bench because playing off of the bench doesn't necessarily always mean that your minutes get totally cut, right? It's, it's a, it's a indicator that, okay, you just didn't start this game. And of course, if Trey is producing, then that means, oh, I just touched my mic, mm-hmm. but that means that his minutes will, will increase. And I know that Nate McMillan has talked so much about wanting the players on his team to earn their minutes. I mean, we've seen it happen with AJ Griffin. He was barely in the rotation to start the season. And now he's, he's played pretty much every game since he's been injected into that rotation. He started off the season. I think we touched on it a little, a few episodes ago, but he, he started off the season averaging less than I think 10 minutes per game. Um, Let's see. So in his first five games, he averaged 8.2 minutes per game. Now, since he's been injected into the rotation regularly, that has jumped up to 22.5 minutes per game. So again, Nate is a huge proponent of if you're producing, we're, we're going to reward you with playing time. We saw it with with Jarrett Culver. He's kind of become um, somebody that Nate felt comfortable putting in the starting lineup. Granted, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich was just coming back and making his season debut on Friday, but the fact that Nate felt comfortable putting Jarrett Culver in the starting lineup tells me that Nate was very pleased with how Culver played against the Orlando Magic after you know, the team ruled out John Collins with an ankle sprain. So I hope that this, again, to get back to the original point, I hope that this is a lesson that as long as you continue helping the team in in ways of positive production, that Nate is going to reward you accordingly. And so I remember when I was in, in Detroit, you know, Coach Dwayne Casey would always mention, like, it doesn't matter if you start or you're coming off the bench. It's just what you do with those minutes. And that's how it should be at the end of of the day. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm I'm at with with all of this. (laughs) No, and I I think you made a to kind of end it all. I think you kind of made a great point earlier about Nate's trying to set a culture and that means mm-hmm. no per- no player is better or bigger or can be excused from something than someone else. If you don't miss, if you miss shoot around, you're coming off the bench mm-hmm. or, or however else the other options are. And so that could be your star player. That could be the 15th man off the bench. So I feel mm-hmm. like that should at least with the other players be like, all right, Nate's not playing favorites. This is going to, mm-hmm. if this happens to me, I know my expectations are, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So like you mentioned before, so I think that's the, the biggest point we can take out of it. It is, this is how Nate's running the show and mm-hmm. 
this is how everyone's going to have to adjust. And it's not a bad way that the way he's doing it, that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, you have to, each player has to adjust to their coach and play. And Mm -hmm. if there's problems, then you make a coaching change down the road, but hopefully that Mm -hmm. doesn't come the case because again, this is a man that took an an interim job and took a team to Mm -hmm. an Eastern conference finals, which is very hard to do. So I feel like both sides will, will figure it out and and hopefully they can build off of the, the winning streak that they had before we tape this mm-hmm. and see what the results are of the Oklahoma city game. But, um, yeah. see what happens where they hit the road for two games in New York. Yeah, exactly. And, and to conclude, um, or the conclusion I've just drawn from all of this is that this was a complete, and again, Nate McMillan's word kind of sums it up really, really well. I mean, granted you, at the time you would have loved for him to elaborate, but, in my conversations, um, in talking to to Trey Young today, it was a huge miscommunication that just got completely mishandled and now looks worse than it actually was. And so, yeah, we'll see what this team does with it and how it uses it to propel it forward. Um, but yeah, uh, we. We, I feel like we addressed this a lot, especially considering those were a lot of the questions that you guys had uh, for today's mailbag segment. So with that, we're not going to do one um, in this episode just because that was just the, the huge theme um, of all the questions. And so, yeah, here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here we are. Um, again, you know, we won't have an after the, the game episode and we'll be back up and running following their performance in New York against the Knicks, as well as the Nets on Friday. Um, and with that, we're going to sign off. I'm Lauren Williams. I was joined today by Daniel Salerson. And this is the Hawks report from the Atlanta journal Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.